Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. good to be together and as we're worshiping and just thinking about God's faithfulness I was thinking we could so easily just say let's line up and share stories can I get a witness to God's faithfulness in your life and his goodness poured out to you and we could just fill the hour with that and as we were singing though it was neat to be together isn't it with just looking around and seeing other people who are here because they love the Lord and and uh, we love each other and here to just lift up his name and and so thanks for being here I that first song that we sang uh, it talked about the battle we battle on our knees and it reminded me of a picture I saw this week on Instagram of Lecrae an artist who uh, it was a picture of him and like four of his kids in the backyard all holding hands with their heads down and you know what the caption said teaching my kids how to fight teaching my kids how to fight and we fight on our knees the power that we have is not our own but it's the Lord's and we rest in that and he is faithful isn't he and we are so good to be with you personally in that the uh by the way if I introduced you guys to my our new daughter right here in the second you got to meet this girl she's the wonderful and uh, so grateful for God's goodness in our lives I was going to be on my mind all hours so got that out <laughs> but uh but um last week Tam and I were away and so we joined those of you who are joining us online and worshiped with you there and just um reminded me again just to say thank you thank you thank you for for uh, those of you who can't be with us right now and uh, just so good to have you with us and know that we see you, we love you, and we're um, just hoping and praying that that uh, through technology you've sensed God's presence and, and are encouraged and, and feel a part of the family. We're trying to do better, good, better, best. Thank you for your patience with our technological difficulties that arise every every now and again. But I was um, last week, neat love big story where Tyson shared that Joe Johansson came in and said, hey, I got an idea. For those who are maybe widows or whatever who are at home and struggling to, you have to click, 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 click to get to the, and then by the time you, you get there, it's 930. What if we provided a tablet with one click and then boom, you're on live? And it's got our app in it, which is the easiest way to get to the online service, and it's just boom. And, and so they went to work, Tyson and Joe, and they've come up with a, not a very, it's a, as cheap as possible and yet, um, excellent way to provide tablets to our shut-ins to just be with us and I was like I love his church and so um, awesome and then I was Tyson sent some data last week or week before last on showing how many college students are joining us all over the the country and I just been talking with Kirsten this morning just reminded that um, that college season it's a wonderful time of life. People tell you it's the best time of life, but actually it's a scary time of life too and can be very lonely. And, and we just want you to know college students and those of you who may be joining us this morning, we love you, we, we, uh, we miss you, but we're thinking of you and we've got the porch lights on 
Um, Thanksgiving's coming, hang in there. And just to know God's got you in, in this season of life, know that. He is so faithful. And often those times when life feels really shaky, the times that he's closest to you. And the message today, I, I hope, will be an encouragement to those of you who are in that season. For those of you in quarantine, um, I want to encourage you, and I know that number is growing, those of us who have experienced this. Well, what's cool is when, when God puts you by yourself for 10 to 14 days, he's got something he wants to give you. James promises. God says, those who draw near to God, he draws near to us. And so if he gives you the gift of quarantine, open your hands up, get ready, seek him, and he's going to give you something that, that I think you'll, you'll be able to carry with you for the rest of your life as you follow him. All right, well, today's a big day for us, and it's the last Sunday of our orientation series. And so we are, um, which means, buckle up your seatbelts, because next week we hit the runway, and we are going to charge. November, five weeks, we're starting a series called Let's Do Some Good, and it's going to be all about action. This first series has been all about laying a, a theological foundation through Genesis, to give us core truth that we're going to need to do, know as we go out to do the good God's called us to do. A couple verses in the Bible are North Star verses. They sum it all up in just a phrase. And Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16 are that. Verse 15 says this, Therefore, through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that profess his name. So that's worship. That's what we're called to do. That's what we focused on last year with our one thing focus. But here's 16, and this is really important. And, conjunction, junction, what's your function? It connects, so important. This is the second part of the North Star. And, do not forget. So we can get so excited about worshiping the Lord and think, it, it, okay, we did our job, right? We came and praised God. No, 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 no. And, do not forget to do good. The first is our vertical love for God. The second is horizontal love for each other. Do good and share with those who, who are, uh, share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So that's where we're going next week. But today we need one more core truth. And this one is one of those that um, it may be familiar to you, but, but it's, I think, again, we cannot be reminded of this enough, and it's a truth we need for every step of our faith journey as we follow him. So excited to dig into this one. One of the images that God uses in our, to describe our faith journey is that of a race. Hebrews chapter 12, being one of the familiar ones, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So the question becomes, okay, how do we run, in what way are we to persevere or endure? What, what's that mean? And it means faith, right? Trusting God to provide for the next step when we're struggling to, to endure on that, struggling to trust Him. We have a moment in our lives when we're struggling to trust God to be faithful, God to be good, and God to see us through that next moment. So here's the question of the day. What do you do? We'll put, put this up on the screen. What do you do when the good that God is calling you to do means letting go of what matters most? Because that moment's coming for each one of us. It may be coming today, it may be coming this week, the month of November, and I'm praying at some point in this ministry season, we will all have a moment 
like this. Maybe a big thing, maybe a little thing, but what are we? What do you do when do the good that God's calling you, me to do, means letting go of what matters most. So in a marathon, there's a, uh, an ex- a moment that's both exhilarating and scary at the same time. When you train for a marathon, 26.1 miles, the training routines, most training routines are similar in that they only take you up to mile 20, and you do about three 20-mile runs. They've said, for whatever reason, you don't run the whole race when you're training. You run up to 20 miles. So the moment in a marathon when, when the race becomes a race is when? Mile 21. And it's, it's, you just feel it. You cross that threshold of your training and you realize, I have never taken a step like this step. And that's when it's game on. That's when it's like, am I going to endure? Every step is an opportunity to quit and every step forward is an, a, a victory of endurance and perseverance. Mile 21. So it is in our faith journey. God is in the process of developing our faith. And there will be moments, perhaps this year, when he will call us to follow him into a a place that we have not been before and that will test our trust in him. Do you really believe he will provide? And he'll say, follow me, let's do some good. And we know the end of that, Jesus says, take up your cross. Cross is let go of your life, your whole life. God's gentle with us, patient with us. He leads us to that point. (laughs) Our faith can be flimsy, and and I hope today's not a discouragement. We're all at different levels of faith, okay? So the question for you, though, is just what's the next step for you in, in your faith journey? Well, today God is going to equip us through his word and, and a, a moment in Scripture in Genesis. It's Genesis chapter 22, a moment in the life of Abraham. Quick context, Genesis 1 to 11 is the history of humanity. And we've covered a lot of ground there, but 1 to 11, history of humanity. Genesis 12 to 20 is the history of one family. It's Abraham's family, our father, the father of our faith. So you, uh, the spotlight shifts from all of humanity to this one family, and we watch God through Abraham's faith the plan of redemption and rescue for humanity and what went wrong in Genesis 3 is going to come through Abraham and that's where we we see this happening the uh let's dig in Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 says this sometime later God tested Abraham and he said to him Abraham here I am he replied now it's important to note that this moment in Genesis 22 is a culmination of lots of moments with God this is like his highlight moment his pinnacle moment his uh, near the he's near the end of his life and we tell you what rather thankfully we we don't have time to read Genesis 12 to 22 but we we have the spark note version in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 so I'll, I'll, we'll read through that Just to give us a window into what Abraham's been going through. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to the place, he would later receive his inheritance. That's Genesis 12. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. 
He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, his wife, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And so this is Abraham's uh, mile 21 moment as we come to Genesis chapter 22. God tests his faith. Important to know, James tells us, God does not tempt us, but he does provide opportunities for our faith to be tested. And uh, he, here we see this playing out in, for uh, Abraham. And what will the test be? Here it comes. Then God said, take your son, your only son. This is his hope. Whom you love, this is his heart, Isaac. And go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you and so he's calling him to take a three-day journey um, we know scholars tell us Jerusalem wasn't there at that time but it was to go from Beersheba to, to in essence Jerusalem and to Mount Moriah where the temple would be and uh, to sacrifice what mattered most to him his son you know immediately we feel the tension Abraham's feeling, don't we? God, you, Isaac's the pro, it's through Isaac you, you gave the promise. You're contradicting yourself, and, and you're contradicting yourself in that we're not to take life. Um, the pagan religions would sacrifice their kids, not God's people. I mean, obviously, and there's just all kinds of tension, but what is God doing? And we know that the, God knows this is not going to play out. God's going to protect him from doing this, but what's he doing for Abraham? In what way is he testing his faith? Okay, here it is. This is what we struggle. This is the danger. There is a tendency in all of us to allow our hope to shift from God as our hope to what he's given us. You need help financially. You pray, God provides. And then your hope can shift from God being the provider, the giver, to your bank account and that savings account. For, for uh, Abraham, he needed, he prayed, God, I want a legacy, a line. And God said, okay, I'm going to give that to you through Isaac. And the temptation for Abraham was to hold on to Isaac as his hope rather than on to God as his hope. And so here's the test let go of Isaac what do you do when the good God calls you to do means letting go of what matters most it's a test what a test to purify refine Abraham's faith so what do you do and we see it. verse 3 early the next morning Abraham got up and loaded up his donkey I was Immediately thought of my childhood <laughs> and obedience. And my mom um, and dad, but mom, I think, caught the brunt of it. But teaching us what real obedience was, and where's my brother? You can help me remember these things. But real obedience is without delay, 
without excuse and with the right attitude, right? And be like, yeah, I pick my clothes up when I want to, how I want to, but no, do it again without delay, without excuse, with that. And uh, early the next morning, right? I mean, he could have waited a week, month, nope. Early, he's up and at him. Abraham got up, loaded up his donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had given him. As I saw that word set out, it reminded me that he had a journey to take that was unique to him, and so do you. No other person in history had to do what he did, and no other person in history will have to do what you, God is calling you to do. Your faith journey is unique to you. But he, he set out. And on the third day, Abraham took up, uh, looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. And I love this line. You might circle it in your Bible. We will worship and then we will come back to you. How does he keep on keeping on? I think about the length of that journey, three days. That's a long time. That's step after agonizing step. And every conversation he has with his son, it's a reminder of what God has called him to do. And uh, you just say, how does he keep on? What's going on in his mind? And it's verse 5 that gives us the clue, doesn't it? He says, we're going to go worship, but we will be back. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, fleshes this out. It says, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And here it is. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. What was Abraham thinking? And he was thinking this. There's a lot of things I don't understand about this moment. But one thing I know is I know my God and he is big enough to raise a person back from the dead. And his promise was that the line would come through Isaac. Therefore, I may have to sacrifice my son, but my God will raise him up. Because I know my God. I know he is good and I know he is big. And I know he is faithful to his promise. And so with that in mind, he starts the final climb up the mountain. And as we read these next few verses, it's a powerful foreshadowing of Jesus when he came. It says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac, foreshadowing the cross that would be placed on the, uh, the Son of God. And he himself carried the fire and the knife foreshadowing the wrath of God that would be poured out on Jesus. And the two of them went on together. This is a phrase that's repeated twice. And I think, I just picture um, that moment for Jesus when he told the disciples, John 16, 31, 32, that guys, you're going to all scatter here in a few minutes as I go to the cross, but I'm not alone. The Father's with me. I just picture father's son here climbing this mountain and Isaac's got a question, speaks up and says, father, says to his dad, dad, father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? 
Abraham answered, God himself will provide. And here we have a dad passing on his faith, looking into the eyes of Isaac, heart ripping out, I'm sure, but saying, son, trust God. It's going to provide. It's going to provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them, again, went on together. The walk of faith. Think about that mountain and uh, just how that pictures those moments in our own lives when God calls us to step out in faith and follow him when the way ahead seems confusing and hard and we wonder, is, am I going to have what I need for, for what's ahead? And I, I love the picture of uh, James gives us of this. He says, it's this scene that James pulls up in James chapter 2 and says, you know, This was the moment that Abraham's faith was made complete, Telion. This, this is like faith working the way that God created it to work in a human. Abraham, a man like us, and he goes on to say Abraham was God's friend. How did Abraham keep on step by step up the mountain? And there's one thing, he had experience with God. He knew God, he was God's friend. He had trusted God and he was trusting God in these moments, step by step up the mountain he believed that God would provide be faithful to his promise and so what happens and as we read on it says verse 9 when they reached the place that God had told them about Abraham built an altar there and he arranged the wood on it and then he bound his son Isaac and laid laid him on the altar on top of the wood and Isaac at the time is probably um, in his late teens so he could have resisted, could have struggled. There's no word of struggle here. So again, it's a picture of a willing sacrifice and the picture of our Lord willingly taking on our sin and going to the cross for us. It says, then he reached out his hand and took, took the knife to slay his son. And I can't help but think um, before he did this, he had a conversation with his son about the promise. And just, son, you are going to live. Right now, I don't know why or what is going to happen, but you are going to live. You've got to trust me and you've got to trust God. You will live. But with that, he reaches out his hand to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, two times just to accentuate the urgency. And he says, here I am, he replied. He says, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, and do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And then Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering, foreshadowing the atoning sacrifice of Jesus for us on the cross. He sacrificed it instead of his son, it says, and then Abraham called the place, and here's the core truth of the day. He called the place, the Lord will provide. In your Bibles, that's the phrase to circle. The Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, and we would say Calvary, it will be provided. What a moment. Abraham trusting God with the life of his boy. God providing a sacrifice, foreshadowing the Lamb of God. 
our Savior who would be willing, like Isaac, to lay down his life for us on the cross. And then this graphic picture of God providing the lamb in the thicket. A picture for us to carry with us in our own faith journey. And then the, the truth that's just laid out there on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. A truth for us to carry. So here's the big idea to carry with us. What do you do when the good that God calls you to do means letting go of what, what matters most? Here's the truth to, to lock in on and to live on. Hear Jesus say, follow me, believing I will provide right out of this text and on throughout scripture follow me believing i will provide if you're a follower of jesus just know this today let this sink deep into your heart he will provide for you mile 21 moments will we'll come to him all of us it's not and if we come to our mile 21 moment it's when and when you hit that moment this is the truth to carry to surrender to him to, to trust him follow me but believing that he will provide. How do we know that he's going to provide? Abraham had some data. He had history. But how much more data do we have and history do we have? We have the cross, right? And I love this, the picture of, of uh, Paul points to it in Romans chapter 8, verses uh, 31, 32. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So, the, uh, and uh, we, we often, and we must see the scene where he's about to sacrifice his boy, but the scene that really lock in as well today as we look at this is, have you ever thought about just how happy Abraham and his son must have been walking down. Isaac's name is, means laughter, and I can't help but think there was some laughter as they went walking down the mountain together. Think about what God, what, what Abraham had as he's walking down the mountain, um, and we're about to find out it was an oath from God. God had not sworn yet this, this covenant to him, and now he's swearing it to him. And what did Isaac have? A picture of faith and obedience that he would carry with him for the rest of his life as he experienced this, and now father, son, arm in arm, walking back down this mountain with these treasures, and this is where we see the last part of the story. It says, verses 15 and 16, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and your descendants and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, and here it is, what we receive from this, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Was God good for his promise? Has anyone else here today or any other nation been blessed because of Abraham's obedience? And we know, yes, it's through Abraham, Matthew chapter one, that the Messiah would come. Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God would come through Abraham and everyone who comes to faith in him. And today his invitation is open. Believe in me and receive what? Eternal life. Forgiveness of sin and a right relationship with God flowing even out of this moment of faith and obedience. Does anyone else just want to pause right here and offer to God a sacrifice of praise and gratitude 
So let's do that through Jesus. We are eternally safe. No worries. Eternally loved. We are alive in Christ when we were dead. We are free from the chains and the power of sin when we were slaves. Through Jesus, we've been adopted into a family of God. You have a family that's worldwide, millions of people, and eternal. You have a place at the Father's table. And whenever your plate gets empty, just push it out and say, Abba, I need, and he will be faithful to provide through Jesus. Your future is beautiful in a way that will exceed your wildest dream. Take your wildest dream. And now watch, watch God. He's going to blow that away. He's preparing a place for you, even as we, we worship this morning. Through Jesus, you will never be alone. Never alone. To the finish, he will see you through. Through Jesus, you have reason to rejoice every moment that you wake up. Regardless of how it goes tomorrow, how it goes on election day, how it goes into the future, every moment through Christ, we have reason to rejoice. Through Jesus, we have the power to love. The power to love even our enemies and to do the good that he's called us to do. Amen? And we could go on, but we need to, uh, we need to wrap. And so, summing it up, here it is. What do you do when that mile 21 moment comes for you and doing the good that God calls you to do means letting go of what matters most to you? Follow me, believing I will provide is the calling of God. So how do we apply this to our lives? Three questions that help us think through this, and you might write these down. These are good small group questions as well. First question is, am I currently in a trial that's testing my faith? I think this moment in Abraham's life gives us some clarity in what God will do in our own lives, and it's not um, when a trial comes. It helps us process our trials. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 outline this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. And it's that picture of um, faith that, that's strong and fit and trusting God in the next moment, not lacking anything. So what this does for us, I think, is we, uh, as you think about, okay, what's the trial in your life right now? It's go time for you. This isn't like life falling apart. This is your loving, providential, sovereign Father providing mile 21 right now. He's got you. Can I tell you that? He's going to provide for you. That, uh, he's, the, the ram's going to show up in the thicket or whatever you need. He's, we know that, right? The question, are you going to trust him and keep following by faith? And when you do, what it's going to do is strengthen you. You're going to have a story. Remember when kids were little and Okay, I'll picture, uh, picture little Cooper Welty. Three years old right now, I think, or four. And he's building a, a tower of uh, blocks on the kitchen table. And he's so happy about his tower. But then he gets up to go somewhere, and he knocks over the tower, and he just breaks out in tears. And he's bawling over a bunch of blocks that fell over. The world has ended. He's crying. Now, Marcy and Brandon 
Do they cry over that? No. Why? Maturity. They know that, that life's going to be okay when the, the Tower of Blacks falls. Early in our faith journey, something happens. We're like, the tower fell. Later in our faith journey, though, we look, is it going to be okay? We know it is, right? God's got us. That's growing in maturity. We, we know that, and we grow, and God, he's got us. But, but you know what? Even for those who are well along in our faith, there's going to be a test, right? It's going to be a mile 21, even for those of us who've been walking with him for 50 years, and we're, we're tempted to hang on to something versus hang on to him. He's going to give us that opportunity. Are you going to win the moment? Yeah. So when the test comes, we're in the gym. We're, we're, we're considering it pure joy. Second, am I, what am I, second question, what am I most afraid of losing in my life right now? Is there anything I'm holding on to that if God called me to let go of, I'd struggle to let go of it? What's my Isaac? Maybe it's your social world, a relationship. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's your money, your security, your bank account. Finally got it built up, and now maybe it's your time, your schedule. Maybe it's your job, your career. God's calling you to another calling. Maybe you were hoping for retirement, but God's saying, no, I, I want you to keep working. Maybe it's your sport. Maybe it's success, you know, and God's calling you to make a decision that's going to mean failure, but for the right reason or for his glory and whatever. Maybe it's your kid's success, being okay with them not succeeding. Maybe it's your reputation or, or material things, where you live. God's calling you to make a decision that could affect your level of where you live or what you drive. Maybe it's your ministry. You've identified yourself with what you do for God and God's calling you to change your ministry. Do you have faith to trust him with even that? Now, when you've identified it, I just encourage you today to let this be a time to do business with God and surrender it to him. Let this be your Isaac moment. Just say, God, I, I was holding on to this. My act of worship this morning is I'm going to lay this down before you again. And it's something we ought, have to do often, usually, <laughs> as we're our faith, we're ever wrestling with this. But in, here's the cool thing. Our anxiety is often tied to what we're hanging on to, isn't it? And when we let go, God gives us his peace. But in until we do, we will have anxiety and have fear. Question three, what's the next step in my faith? What's the next faith step in the realm of doing the good that God's calling me to do? And so this would really tie into what, in terms of serving and life mission and what God's calling you to do right now, where, where's the faith step that, that God's calling you to do? Maybe it's something that God's put on your heart to do for a long time, but you've just struggled to step out and trust him with it. Maybe it's a, a lack of confidence in your own abilities, and he's just saying, hey, step out, go. Maybe it's just getting sidetracked or, or distracted or whatever that may be. One of the questions that came to my mind, am I, 
is my vision for what God's, the good God could do around me reflecting a big God? Or do I make my ministry plans just the size that I know I can do in my own strength rather than saying, God, what do you really want to happen here? And when he says, I want that mountain to move, I'll go for it, you know? Or, or have my plans dwarfed. And so, good question to, to think about. Okay, so bringing it all together. Big idea. Follow me, believing I will provide. Now, here's the igniting vision. And this is where, and could we have our worship team come on up this time? Just to, I, I feel like we need some pads, some music under this. Calling up my son. To, uh, <laughs> one of the downsides to being the pastor's son. Chad would always uh, or often play music in our house and uh, and there was one song that he plays that when he started playing it's Amazing Grace uh, New Orleans style jazz that I just couldn't help but start clapping and unfortunately that's not the song he's going to play today but when he does I will let you guys know <laughs> but I just um just to hear soundtrack of heaven, right? Soundtrack of heaven. What's going to happen? Picture Abraham and, and uh, Isaac walking off that mountain. But what about you? When your moment comes and you walk by faith. And what about us? When we trust, follow me, believing I will provide. What is God going to do? Well, he has a word on it. He's already told us. Isaiah, chapter 40, 28. God says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Under his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. When we trust God in our mile 21 moment, what can we count on? Daily strength. Mib Simpson is in heaven right now. That was his theme verse, but I can tell you, we got a witness from Mib. It's true. You know what else you can count on? All your needs will be met. Jesus, when he was here, God in flesh, saw people worrying. He says, guys, don't worry. Look at the flowers. Look at the birds. And then he said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. In fact, don't worry about storing up your treasures here where moth rust corrupt. Send some lumber up. Serve. Give. Cup of cold water offered to a child. Reward will be a hundred times as much on the other side. And in that cup of water, I'll refill it. Got you. All these things will be added to you. And then it gets even better as we turn on, turn over to James chapter 1. Regarding this trial, regarding mile 21, verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. My brothers and sisters, there's a crown of life, meaning life at its best, eternal life, that life vibrant and alive with God today, but ultimately um, on the other side in a way that 
Only he knows how wonderful that would be. So does that make anybody else want to run this race with perseverance? (laughs) Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I often thought witnesses meant they're watching us run. The witnesses in Hebrews 12 aren't watching us run. They're testifying to God who is faithful, saying, he was faithful to me, you can trust him. Abraham, Noah, go through the list, right? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance this race that's been marked out for us. Your race is only your race, but you can run it with endurance. Fixing our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and perfecter of our what? Our faith. He gave us our faith. He will complete our faith. Who for the joy set before him. What was he looking at? The reward of his father. What we're to be looking at? The reward to come. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful people. Bring it on so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today that just fills us up with the strength that we need to take that next step in our faith journey. And I just pray for all of us, Lord, and whatever that may be, that you would give us the grace to believe that you will provide. Lord, thank you for providing for all our needs in Christ. And we just worship you. And and, uh, Jesus, thank you for laying down your life so that we might have life. We just rejoice in that reality and rest in that today. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.